Greetings program, hello and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie by minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 89. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and returning with me today is my gymnastic, beguiling, and majestic guest co-host, <laughs> Sean German. Welcome, Sean. Oh, thank you very much, Duncan. Thanks for having me back. Oh, you're welcome. It's it's, uh, it's great to have you back. Uh, let's see. So what happens in this minute? Yori kisses Tron, <gasps> uh, telling him that Woo! Flynn's... Woo! Telling him that Flynn sacrificed himself to save them all while we see the beginning of the transition back to the real world. Real world. Real world. So that's, um, again, pretty fun. Uh, So we see Sark's de-rezzed cruiser is settling down onto the Blue Mesa, sinking into the Blue Mesa as Yori is still waiting on her now invisible section of the bridge. It reminds me a little of... uh, I guess Wonder Woman's invisible plane, you know, but like an eighties <laughs> an eighties computer version. You know, if yeah. she had like an an invisible flying shield helicarrier or something like that, that would be what it would be. I'm not sure what she's still standing on since it's no longer gray, but I mean, whatever. That's not important. She leaps into Tron's arms for a little three sixty spin and uh he says, We did it laughing and laughing and she gives a laugh of her own as the rest of Sark's carrier fades away into nothing as it sinks around them. They both flare blue here in happiness, and uh, Tron puts his tr- puts her down and puts his hands on her waist, keeping her at arm's length while she has her hands up on his shoulders. And he sort of Tron gives 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 Yori a, a sort of a head to toe once over there from mm-hmm. head to foot, which I never really noticed before. But he's like, "You're here, you're here." The music's pumping here in full big finish finale crescendos and uh then yori leans in and gives tron a big old kiss right on the lips while uh while cymbals crash and the music swells uh, you know like waves smashing into a beach and then both their both their bodies flare blue again i love this this color language of uh you know just like when there's like when uh when sark's super angry like take them to the holding pit like he just goes this bright red or when they're they're drinking the uh the power drinks in the crystal caves or whatever their bodies are all flaring blue or or when they're sad they go almost black you know when they're sad their glow disappears i like that uh that idea you know it's pretty it's pretty cool yeah, I mean, there's quite a bit of ebb and flow when they first, when when Tron is helping her down and and doing yeah. the three fifty, the three sixty degree swing, they light up, I guess, because they're connected. And then when they yeah. separate, the lights kind of fade. But then when they kiss, they all light up again. The kind of yeah. their, their emotional energy that we can see. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's pretty cool. Uh, again, it's pulls... something that's that's really simple, but it's very visual. And as an audience in the theater, you're going to get it right away. What's, what's you're going to get it right away, right? You're just going to totally get it right away. You're going to be like, oh, I get it. I get it. I got it. She uh, she pulls away and Tron is, uh, as the British say, Tron is <laughs> utterly gobsmacked. You know, yeah. he's just flabbergasted. But uh, <laughs> I love how he, he recovers. And I love that he just says, that's nice that's nice that's nice nice you know like uh i thought way to go tron that's a good uh that's a good response you know (laughs) that's an understatement of the understatement of the year and he doesn't say like i love that he doesn't say what is that you know he's just at a complete loss for words and he's just like nice but he's definitely reacting here like this is the very first time he's ever been kissed and uh i think like 
it's like in the deleted love scene that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. uh there's the, the the sort of quote unquote sex in this universe is more about like a commingling of energies like mm-hmm. glowing in proximity to each other and like sharing uh energy essence like it's less about actual body parts interacting you know so so Tron, but Tron here is like, so regardless of that love scene or not, this is, this would have been the first, you know, kiss that we see. So Tron is definitely a fan. And we know that Yori is definitely a fan as well, because they're both glowing <laughs> a lot right now and really, really liking it. Yeah. What I like that, that like Tron right away, he, he understands what kissing yeah. is about like he gets it yeah well it's funny because recently i was re-watching forbidden planet great oh yeah uh, sci-fi classic but classic. in that there's so there's a, a a doctor who uh dr morbius who's been stranded on this planet for yeah. 20 years and this ship captain by or commanded by leslie nielsen is coming yeah to see what, you know what what happened to the you know what happened to the ship that we sent to this planet and it's this doctor and his daughter, and everyone else has died, and he's been raising this daughter alone with no other humans on on the whole planet. And then one of the spacemen or one of the uh, soldiers from the ship kisses her because this you know attractive young woman, and she's mm-hmm. like, because mm-hmm. she's just been you know she hasn't met any other people. She's been raised just her father and no other people, so she doesn't know about romance and love and kissing and everything and like. He, you know, the the guy kisses her, and she's like, eh, "Yeah, what what's the big deal? Like, why did you do that?" Yeah, um, you know, she it takes a few more lessons before she catches on what's going on. But you yeah. know, Tron being the sophisticated program about town that he is, he, he's he's <laughs> on board from the get go. He, you know, he may maybe not know exactly what just happened, but he knows it's nice. Yeah, he's uh, he's like definitely that. on board, on board from day one. Yeah. yeah, I remember some uh, some early kisses being more like just well, you press your lips together and you're like, well, I don't, uh, okay, so what's that about, <laughs> you know? But then, yeah, it takes a while to to get going. But he's like, yeah, hundred percent day one right there. Gosh, Forbidden Planet's a good movie. It's Anne Francis, right? Leslie Nielsen doing his right. uh, yeah. doing what he did for sixty years before getting into comedy, you know, or not? Right? Yeah, years, but... serious Leslie Nielsen movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah Francis. His, right. his bread and butter for like two thirds <laughs> of his career was just him being serious. You know, who knew? Who knew that he was so hilarious? Him and Robert Stack and all of them from Airplane. They got all those guys that were like always serious, but actually had a really good sense of humor. So mm-hmm. gave them the chance to spread their wings. But yeah. That's good. Yeah, so he's into it. And then um, Yori says, we thought you were dead, almost by way of explanation. Like she's saying, that's why I kissed you. But he has this great light. His his response here, too, like I guess he's still high on the kiss because he's like, yeah, I I was almost dead. That's hilarious. Good one, (laughs) Yori. You know, like like the Wiggums kid on the bus in The Simpsons where he's like, I'm in danger. Like, he just just seems to be like... Yeah, and and maybe it's just because the the dangers pass that they're they yeah. feel safe right now but he's like yeah yeah i almost just died wow <laughs> yeah. yeah that's not funny why you... <laughs> but kind of a nervous but, laughter and then he's like, like where hey where's our buddy flynn he's like yeah. where's flynn and bruce has got this fantastic laugh here like he really seems like a fun guy deep down like he's got this really good you know uh blue steel you know magnum glare right but mm-hmm. when he uh, but when he laughs he just he just really lights up 
you know, in this movie. There's a couple times where he has a good, honest laugh, and you're like, gosh, it changes his entire face. He's really, really open. And, and he asks, uh, yeah, he asks, where's Flynn? And Yori says, it was incredible. He threw himself into the beam and distracted the MCP just long enough for you to get the disc in. And Tron takes this information in stride, kind of doing the math about what would happen to a person if they threw themselves into an IO beam of that magnitude. Like, yeah. he's getting the news that Flynn is dead. And uh, Yori says, he saved us. He really did it. And I'm not entirely sure how Tron isn't just a little bit like, um, hello? Like, <laughs> he's like, ah, like a head tilt and a brow knit of like, well, I mean... I mean, it wasn't all Flynn, right? Like he's, but I mean, he's not that he's not that type of guy, and he's he's super stoked to uh, to see yeah. Yori. It's like when he uh, when he introduces uh, Flynn to Yori on the Solar Sailor, he's like, "This is the guy that busted me out of prison," you know, and uh, and Flynn's kind of like, "I, I mean, I think you had something to do with it." Like, <laughs> like Tron seems to be the the first guy to like give credit to the other person, so right. He's, uh, He's he's into it. He's into. It. He's like well, sure. That, he doesn't have a problem with it. That that may just go along with being a good program. That they're not worried about who gets the credit. It's just yeah, it's about getting the job done. Yeah, 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 yeah. I factored some of that equation. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. We all we all, <laughs> yeah. we all work together. We all work together. Yeah. It's one yeah. thing I want to talk about a little bit is that I feel like I've done a little bit of a disservice to uh, to Cindy Morgan. Like I've 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 talked a lot about how her character got a bit of a not a short shrift in this in this movie they do what they can and uh, mm-hmm. i think it, it comes across especially in the real world but i do I, it has come up a couple times that since tron she didn't do much or i've mentioned that since tron she didn't do much and that's not that's not true uh she did caddyshack and then she, she did tron and a tv show called bring him back alive with bruce boxleitner uh, mm-hmm. but she did a ton of tv movies and series uh all throughout the 80s and 90s and 2000s and she was in some really high profile ones like amazing stories the spielberg tv anthology show a few i haven't heard of like hawaiian heat masquerade uh tough cookies beverly hills bunts hunter the highwayman (laughs) a really an interesting one called she's the sheriff starring suzanne summers as oh yeah a newly widowed sheriff to a small Lake Tahoe town trying to balance raising two precocious kids and take on her dead husband's duties as his successor. Um, but yeah. also some uh, TV movies like Solomon's Universe, Amanda and the Alien, Out There, Dead Weekend, and The Midnight Hour. But she was definitely in a few series that I have heard of, like Crazy Like a Fox, The Fall Guy, Matlock, Harry and the Hendersons, The Larry Sanders Show, of all mm-hmm. of them. And uh, she was on Falcon Crest for like six years, so I feel like I've I kind of owe I owe Cindy Morgan just a little bit of apology because work is work. Uh, she's had some gaps in her career, but she's uh, she's she's worked a lot since Tron and seems like a genuine person. And she shows up to tons of Tron conventions along with Bruce Boxleitner and sometimes David Warner, and seems to have a real good time. So, props to Cindy Morgan. Good on her. Yeah, yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. Off uh, off camera, we hear Dumont say, "Video warriors," and they all uh, they look over at him, and uh, we get a shot from the top of the mesa where we can see all of the grid with nineteen IO towers stabbing skyward. They used to be all red, but now thirteen of them are blue. And as mm-hmm. Dumont, Tron, and Yori walk towards the edge of the mesa away from the camera, the rest of the IO towers all shift to blue. 
There's a, a light purple gradient that starts developing along the horizon, like the sun's about to come up or something. And I love that we get a clear view of the back of Dumont's cloak here. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's got racing stripes that go all the way down to the ground from his shoulders in sort of a, a Y shape. And then in the sort of wine glass part of the Y, uh, it looks like there's something like a, it looks like a beetle with huge pincers or a scorpion or something. <laughs> or like maybe the, a scarab. Or, yeah. A scarab, that's it. Yeah, like a scarab or the symbol for, uh, for, for yen, I think. Like it's glowing pretty bright, so I'm sure it's just distorted. But I love the idea of Dumont having a scorpion on his back, like, like Ryan Gosling's jacket in Drive or something like that. But there's, <laughs> yeah, there's a real... There's a real scarab symbol there, sure, too. Yeah, yeah. I had a question. He's, so when he says video warriors. Yeah. Um, so we've seen we've seen Tron play the games. Yeah. And I guess that's – and I assume that's what kind of referring to video warriors are the, the programs that play video games. Yeah. Is is Yuri a video warrior? Wouldn't that be awesome? No, she uh, – she's – she she was – a program that was involved with the laser, the the mm. the, the, the transporter project there, the, because you can see when they when they digitize the orange on either side of the picture of the origin of the orange, there's these um, readouts of like you know this this shutter is open, uh, the power grid is firing up, but there's a couple of uh, Yori references to Yori on the side, so that's the program oh, well- that. That's the program that that uh, Dr. Laura Baines wrote to uh, help with the with of Dr. Course. Walter Gibbs's programs to be part of it. So she was kidnapped by the MCP and uh, press ganged into service to help operate the Solar Sailor or build the Solar Sailor or something like that, which is in itself a stolen NASA program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it makes sense because, of course, yeah, the because the program looks like their maker. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if she was ever put into the games. Yeah. But I sure would like to see that because all the warriors are dudes, and it would have been cool to see uh, a couple of women programs throwing their discs around as well. That would have been. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Been the, the whole cool. the idea of of gender as it applies to a computer program. Yeah, is, like, <laughs> you, so like yeah, so a female another avenue maybe a, explore another a time. male pro. Yeah, it doesn't make any. It's like well, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know. That's sort of that's sort of part I think of what I think a lot of people had some issues with. You got this big romantic finish where the programs kiss, but you're like, wait, the programs kiss? <laughs> you know, there's 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 boy programs and girl programs. What's what's going on here? So it's kind of it's interesting to explore. Yeah. Um, so your he says uh, he says, look at the I/O towers. Every tower is lighting up and that's the last we see of the grid goodbye tron yeah. goodbye yori goodbye, goodbye dumont yeah as, as you said earlier so we've got most of the towers are are straight up but a few are firing off at an angle yeah it depends on on where your where your port is where your input and output yeah um, yeah and there's, and there's a there's a little bit of a slip with the animation oh yeah at least i think it's a slip this minute um, when Yuri and then later Dumont walk in front of uh, one of the towers, there's a light, and you can see the light even when they're in front of it. It kind of like oh, shines there it right is. through their, their person. Yeah. It's like it right sure in the does. middle of the minute. Um, yeah, it sure does. Yeah, that overlay. Yeah, they really, it shines right through them. I'm presuming that's not on purpose. 
I'm presuming it's but, not. I imagine yeah. that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that just happens when you've got overlays like that. Yeah, but it's it, the, yeah. It, but like you said, so off in the distance, you see this the the horizon gradually getting lighter. Um, you know, from a a deep purple to indigo and violet, and, and yeah, like a like a sun is rising, and almost looks like cities on the horizon. But it's yeah. probably just the the mass of you know, towers and, and other things that are lighting up. Yeah, this, it really you know, the does. The world is coming alive. Different domains off in the distance just lighting up. I'm like, oh, there's Cincinnati. Oh, there's... <laughs> like, I wonder if these are one-to-one representations of, uh, well, I guess they would have to be. That's the one sort of question that you have to sort of answer when you're making um, uh, a, like a cyberspace, if that ever becomes real it doesn't look like it's Mm going to become real in terms of the way it was envisioned by william gibson or whatever like a a visual interface that we're all going to go into with goggles and move primitive structures around in in lieu of actually programming uh but like you'd have to like do it would you make a virtual cincinnati would you make like a a a, a virtual uh uganda would you make like a, a virtual switzerland like would they be would they be like that? Because it doesn't seem like that's happening right now. Like the the cyberspace is its own country kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's its own. It's not really locked into. Uh, it, they they keep trying to divide it up into like region one and region two and stuff like that. But there's all these, you know, for every for every restriction gets put in place, a v, a VPN comes up or something along those lines to like make it, you know, make it uh, one country again. So. Yeah, I mean, some it, it's useful to think to use geography as, um, you know, symbolically as a way to think of communicating or moving data from one place to another. But there really yeah. is no correspondence between the logical geography inside a computer versus, or even within a network versus yeah. the physical geography of Earth and the countries and everything. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly I, I remember up. when uh, that was a really shocking thing when I think some really when there's a really the height of some bad stuff happening in Syria and uh they shut down Syria's internet one of the factions shut down the entire internet for Syria so Syria just kind of disappeared from the internet mm-hmm. like you know all the email coming in and out just wasn't coming in and out anymore all the web pages that were hosted there went down like and that was something that was that was that was real new to me because I was like I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think you could take a country out of the internet. You know, like I don't think of the internet in that way. You know, like right. I think of the internet right. as one singular place, but I guess it is a, a composite. But it's like you were saying, there's no real correlation, but there sort of is, right? So I would be I like I'm curious about those cities on the horizon, what they're uh, what they're representing, because there's all these different. Uh, divisions and factors and uh, in the grid so and are they looking out over the ocean or are they looking out over the over the ground I think they're looking out over the ground but it does look kind of oceany it's very teal and aqua and and all that kind of stuff so yeah I'm not sure that sunrise comes into play later on in the next minute though mm-hmm. 
we get some, and then we, uh, oh, that was it. Yeah. Goodbye, Tron. Goodbye, Yara. But I'll miss you most <laughs> of all, Dumont. You know, that's, yeah. and then we get, uh, we get some more of the Robert Abel and Associates amazing kaleidoscopic work as we see the transition down the wires that we saw from the beginning, except it's uh, kind of edited. It's run in reverse. It's a little quicker and parts of it are taken out. Yeah, Turn so we, we, we wind our way um, yeah. out of the virtual world and obviously heading back towards the real. Yeah, the music. Well, what we consider real, I don't know if that's, is that expose my bias? <laughs> you know, I don't, is, is one world more real than the other? I don't want to get yeah. into any arguments with any holograms here. I'll just say they're going from we're, we're our our point of view is going from one world uh, to another. Yeah, not not to offend uh, any programs out there. It's a <laughs> it's a lateral shift. It's a lateral exactly. shift. Yeah, not saying one one plane of existence is better than another. Yeah, different, yeah, different yeah. but equal. Different but equal. Uh, the music switches to a more flute based transition sequence as we go through a field of scattered light. Layers of light mm-hmm. points in geometric shapes and lines. Again, super dizzying on the big screen when the camera's like swooping and, and spinning through all this stuff on the big screen. You're like, whoa, I remember that. And then uh, the camera settles yeah. into a more stable pullback with the vanishing point at the center of the screen. And then we go up through a series of grids and then up into the blue tessellated tube with the mutant tetra shapes <laughs> yeah. floating in it. And then into... Uh, Full kaleidoscope with very blurry shapes coming into the edges, and that yeah. brings us up to the end of the minutes. But I love this uh, this sequence here because it's it goes through like you really like even though it's all an abstraction, you really get the impression of like we're going through, you know, it's like you're going through like you know electron microscope stuff. You're going through like one layer and then the next layer and then the next layer and then the next layer. Like the tube is almost like like the actual wire going into the computer, but it could also, mm-hmm. there's also like, uh, it almost looks like abstracted red blood cells in it too. So it's almost like a vein, you know, but then you go into through like a, a, a thick grid and then a finer grid and then a bunch of dots. And then you go down into the actual world of, in the, in the opening sequence in the beginning, you got these big giant geometric clouds, <laughs> these giant rectangular <laughs> clouds floating over, which is pretty, pretty cool. But I like its, I like its representation of like going down. Yeah. But, and there's this, there's, there's, I, I don't know how much the, you know, the filmmakers thought about this or if they just thought it looked cool, but there's a certain logic to these different layers. If you think of you're starting as data within an integrated circuit, and an integrated circuit's kind of laid out like a city. It's a grid of different bits of functionality and different circuits that are all together. And then you sort of leave the integrated circuit to go into the motherboard. And then the motherboard, you've got some sort of interface, a cable that you go through to connect to. Um, well, eventually we're going to have to go back through this laser interface um, where we um, where Flynn got sucked in. He's going to get popped out. Spoiler alert for, for next minute. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there's going to be layers that you go through in different interfaces and cables and everything. Um, so it's a real it 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 makes sense to me that I I feel this journey that's happening, and then you add in as you said the music goes from very electronic when we were inside the computer to the flute and other more natural instruments are coming into the the soundtrack more as awesome. we yeah. 
Yeah, that's very travel. that's very cool. I have no, no one's uh, broken down the layers like that before, and I, I definitely feel that that's really really cool. Uh, in the in the screen, the differences between the screenplay and the novel. Uh, in the novel, when she kisses him, she giggles and says, "It's something the users do," uh, which is something um, after kissing him, and 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 right away, Tron's like does the math. You know, he's like, wait. So if this is something the users do, then a user taught you, and the only user I know of is Flynn. So like, he 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 immediately gets a little jealous, and he's not oh. cool. He's not cool with her kissing anyone but him. Like just right off, as soon as he knows about kissing, he's like, <laughs> only me, no one else. Which is kind of something that I'm I'm glad they caught. But it's also okay. kind of like, I think it harkens back to his character in the beginning of the film. You know, when he's like, oh, yeah, well, you used to kiss Flynn, you know, like he's he's got insider yeah. knowledge of you. Like he's this this petulant sort of jealous guy in the beginning of the film. So I guess that's kind of just an aspect of Alan that they sprinkled in. So I'm I'm glad they cut it, though, because it's sort of it messes with the big finish feeling. It messes with the really cool, you know, reuniting that they're experiencing and all that. Yeah, yeah, and no, I, I agree. I don't know how well that works in in the film, but it yeah. it, it is a nice little callback to yeah, uh, yeah, the, the relationship there. And after Tron gets the news that Flynn saved them, he says, "So he really was a user," which is uh, sort of strange to say because I think at this point no one has a single doubt that Tron is a user because of his uh, like his, his energy transference stunts and. And all that kind of stuff. Like, I think everybody's pretty much on board with Tron being a user. So that that kind of like, that's kind yeah. of a, a thing. But the a really interesting thing is that in the novel, we this is the return of Bit. We get a, oh, it says, bit. a small green meteor swoops down with spikes protruding and says, yes, as he's finally, finally <laughs> caught up with his friends. And um, Bit shows up like like bitch bits all in the last the last half of the film he doesn't disappear after the recognizer crashes in the mm-hmm. screenplay in the in the novel bits still kicking around and i can see why they cut him for the last half of the movie because he's barely in it and he doesn't really affect the plot except for one one bit when he's hanging when he's hanging off when flynn is hanging off the side of the solar sailor and tron's like whoop time to kill the last red guard uh bit flies up and goes like no 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 and um Tron's like, whoa, what's what's that? And then he's like, oh my gosh, it's Flynn. So, uh, bit like sort of saves, saves, uh, saves Flynn's life in that moment. But other than that, he doesn't really do much. But uh, so he comes back, and uh, Dumont doesn't have any lines, but they all look off into the into the distance, thinking that the user's world must be heavenly and amazing. Because they're kind of like, if oh, this is such an amazing world, <laughs> then imagine that the user's world must be like this times twenty. You know, they're very, they're very into the the user's world being amazing. So I can't help but think they'd be a little disappointed at the parallels. But uh, if they were, if they were brought into this world, but I'm sure they'd find a lot of it pretty amazing too. We're we're better in some ways and and not as good in others. Yeah, it's like, like I both know, worlds have their uh, things to speak for them. I wonder a lot about um, weather. Like, if you brought a program into <laughs> this, if you if you brought a program into this world, like the first time yeah. they experienced rain, they'd be like, "What is happening?" You know, <laughs> What's this stuff coming from the sky. This is amazing. And then uh, in the screenplay, it's pretty much 
the same as the novel uh, with the it's something that users do and all that. But there's one there's one little sad addition that really made me really made me sad when Tron says, so he really, really was a user. Bit says, yes, but he says it really quietly and sadly. <laughs> I don't know. That makes me feel so bad for Bit. I mean, because like Clue dies. Mm-hmm. And then bits abandoned, and then is like scavenging in a cave, and then he gets reunited <laughs> with him in the form of Flynn. But Flynn yeah. never really, never really recognizes or cares for Bit, uh, and then he goes too. So Bit's all alone now. Like I'm sure he can form friendships with others, but the person he was created for is gone and he spent the almost entire movie going like guys wait up you know like he's like yeah, yeah. and so anyway so what, here's to what bit. happens to a yeah what happens to all those bits that that have lost their programs is it like um is it like a morty who's lost his rick <laughs> morty who's lost his rick yeah is there exactly. just a, a school of bits that where they're like you know just waiting for a a a program to come claim them. A bunch of uh, userless <laughs> strays, you know, a bunch of uh, Ronins, feral packs of bits. Aww. In Just, uh, yeah. in what do you call it? In in the novel, it talks about the, all the little shapes that are in the MCP's housing that are kind of floating mm-hmm. around the mesa. They're uh, free bits. They're referred to as free bits, free which bits. I'm not entirely because they seem to be tied to the MCP. So I'm not sure how free they are. But when it's the whole subject of bits is a big is a big thing because I thought that every cockpit of every vehicle had a bit, but it turns out that bit is a unique character that was created solely for Clue, and there's only one bit. But then oh. it refers to the uh, the bits in the in the in the housing. And bit was originally there was supposed to be uh, he was supposed to be a cartoon character with a really expressive face and he, he would say more than just yes and no and turned into like a real comedic sidekick, but he got totally toned down to what he became in the film. And I appreciate that decision. I like what he is in the film, but um, oh, yeah, definitely, a, definitely a case of less is more. Yeah. And I thought bit. that, yeah, I really, I wonder if, uh, but I do want there to be more bits. I want bits to just be around, you know, like, uh, like, I don't know if you ever read the, uh, the Philip Pullman, novels what was it the the spyglass and the they made it into the golden compass the golden compass uh golden compass yeah Yeah. like everybody every every person in that world has a a daemon has like a a familiar that they can't be separated from and it it comes in many different forms it can be a tiger it can be an otter it can be a a hawk it can be whatever but it's this magical little companion that you have for your entire life and it hurts to be separated from it like if you get two meters away from it you start to feel unbearable pain so you have to keep them close to you and it's this wonderful little touch so like you'll be talking to somebody you know and their panther will be like prowling in circles around the two of you while you talk and you're like I don't like this person, you know, like, so there's this nice little moment, but it would be cool if everybody in the Tron world actually had a bit on their shoulder, you know, or following them around like a, like a pet or something like that with different sizes. And that'd be pretty cool, I think. And also like, is there yes and no empirical, right? Like their yes and no, is it, it's, if it's an opinion, that's one thing. If it's their judgment, that's one thing, but because they're simple, you almost sort of think, well, their yes or no would be almost divine. Like, 
that's a definitive yes or no. Like, is somebody hiding in here? Yes. And you're like, okay. Like, uh, you know, like a, like a, like a magic eight ball that always tells the truth kind of thing. So yeah. they're, they're quite powerful to have on your side if that's, if that's the case, but. Sure. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. Is, is there a bad guy hiding behind this corner? Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. right. Yes. That's well, something you'd want to know. That's something you'd want to well, know. Right. Well, then I, I wonder now. So back then and for a long time, the, the basis of our electronic computing was all digital. It was all zeros and ones or yeses yeah. and nos yeah. up and down. Now we've got quantum computing. Yeah. We've got circuits that could be, they've got more than just those two states of zero and one. Yeah. Now they've got maybe. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. A superposition where, yeah, yeah maybe. Um, so I'd kind of, I'd be interested in a follow-up to see what, what a quantum bit looks like. Oh, totally. Oh man. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I want a spinoff be... of like, like, you know, kind of like teen Titans where, you know, the, in cartoons, they they spun off, and it was just kind of the, the quote unquote sidekicks, yeah. Not the, the main characters. Can there be like a just can Bit get a sign, a, you know, a spinoff? Yeah, just follow the adventures of a of a Bit and see what their days like. That would be a sweet like bottle episode of uh, of an animated series if they ever did it. It's just the life of a Bit, you know. Yeah, one Bit floating. Yeah, maybe not. Th- maybe yeah, maybe not a whole series on Bits, but yeah, if they get you know just a, one episode of the series, we just follow. Yeah. Um, you know, that the, our hero, the main character is like trapped inside for some reason and they can't yeah. go out and then they're just like, Oh, you know, Oh, I'm busy bit. Leave me alone. And the bit kind of slinks <laughs> away sadly, uh, but then has its own adventure. I like that idea. Cause the viewer would be the only person privy to the adventure, right? Cause the bit can't yeah. tell anybody about it, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, where you been? <laughs> yes. You know, like you can't just yeah. could say, right. Yeah. So. Oh, well. All right, well, that, Hollywood, uh, get on it. All right, Hollywood, you've heard it here first. Get <laughs> on it. We uh, so that takes us up about to the end of minute eighty nine. I think. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that that about wraps it up. Excellent. Do you want to go over where people can find you again, or do you want to just uh, leave that to the next minute? I'll just I'll do, once again. You can find me kind of sort of my my parent site or whatever my main site. The my 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 MCP is at catandshawn dot org, and if you go there, you can see all my. All my bits, all my yeses and noes. <laughs> See all my bits. Uh, That's, and, uh, uh, that didn't come out right. That, did, that didn't come out right. Uh, check out my bits at this site. So uh, go on over to Tronologically Speaking. Just search for Tronologically Speaking on the uh, on the web and drop us a line on Twitter at the same name and Gmail. And go to Facebook and uh, join in the conversation on the Tron Minute by Minute listeners page. Uh, go on over to pond5.com for all your music needs for your short films and uh, and whatever else that you want to use music for. And uh, yeah, go over to moviesbyminutes.com and uh, check out and see the long list of like, I think there's almost 150 movies that have been done so far. And if you can't find the one, make special make make make, make special note to listen to the Star Wars Minute because they're the ones that started it all and welcomed everybody else in, which is a very nice thing for them to do. And consider doing one yourself if you don't see your favorite movie there because there's a lot more than 150 movies out there in the universe. So there's uh, lots of stuff. Perhaps as many as 200 movies in the world. Almost. So I, there's... I, there's... <laughs> Sky's the limit. Maybe even more. It's uh, yeah. maybe even more. So yeah, if you, <laughs> yeah, if you don't see your favorite movie, then you do it. It's your Excellent. invitation. Do you want to try a little uh, end of line on three? 
I would love to. Okay. One, two, three. End End of of line. line. Thank you.